0: A warm welcome to you who are in the sanctuary, on the lawn, or online. This week we begin a new preaching series. The series is called The King and His Calling. And over the next six weeks, through the month of November, we'll look at some aspects of Jesus' call to his disciples. Our call to follow him. Certain characteristics that we believe are maybe a little bit neglected in the church. Some aspects of following Jesus. We'll look at the call to simplicity. Jesus' call to authenticity. Responsibility. His call towards maturity. But before we get into the sermon series in which we'll look at specific callings of Jesus to those who follow him, we're going to start with a more basic principle. And that is the fact that Jesus calls you and me, period. Our God is a calling God. He speaks. He calls, he did so then, and he does so now. The passage that we'll look at is John chapter one. It will be helpful for you to follow along. And there are some sermon notes printed in the back of your service leaflet. John chapter one is a great passage. It's a strange passage. It describes the calling of the first disciples. And as it is the first calling of the first disciples, it sets a precedent. In other words, in the same way Jesus calls his disciples Called his disciples then is will be set a precedent sets a precedent for how Jesus may call you and me today. So we're going to look at six a total of six points, but really just three points. Uh, we're going to look at how Jesus calls you and me, or called them and how he calls you and me and each one of these points will have an implication for you and me. In other words, be given the fact that Jesus calls his disciples this way, you and I should respond in the following, following way. Makes sense? If it doesn't, hopefully it will be clearer by the end of this sermon. So let's look at the first aspect of Jesus' calling and this first aspect, I think, well it jumps right out of the text to me. He calls people quietly There is a deep silence about Jesus in the opening chapters of John's Gospel. You know, there's four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John each tell the the history of the life of Jesus, but John takes a very different tack. All the other Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they begin with activity, preaching, Jesus healing, uh, activity, and words. But in in John's Gospel, Jesus is very quiet. The first time we encounter Jesus, a few verses before this passage we have read, uh, had just had read, Jesus simply passes by. He passes by two fishermen. These two fishermen begin to follow him and Jesus, the first words out of his mouth are, what are you seeking? No small talk, just what are you seeking? Mysterious silence, the depths of silence. And then in the same way, Our passage begins with Jesus going to Galilee. He finds Philip and no small talk, no introduction, simply the voice out of the blue, follow me. Jesus calls from silence. God often calls his people quietly. There's a silence, a stillness, a hush about God's call to his people. There are many examples. One of the examples would be the passage we heard, read uh, from God's call on Samuel in the still of the night. Maybe the most famous one is God's call to the prophet Elijah. Maybe you know this story. Elijah is hidden on top of the mountain, desperate to hear from God's word, hear from God. And God, a, a great Windstorm comes and the passage reads in the 11th verse of chapter 19 a great and strong wind tore through the mountains But behold the Lord was not in the wind after the wind the earthquake But the Lord was not in the earthquake after the earthquake a fire the Lord was not in the fire. Where was the Lord? He was in the quiet whisper that came And the relative silence a whisper compared to a windstorm, a whisper compared to an earthquake, and it is in that relative silence that Jesus speaks. God calls Elijah, and in a similar way, there is a silence about Jesus, and there is a quietness about his call to the first disciples. That is the first attribute of Jesus' call, and the implications are clear for you and me. If Jesus calls us quietly, then you and I must listen attentively, And I find this a challenge, because listening is hard. I guess listening has always been hard, but I think listening is especially hard. We, newsflash, you and I do not live in a quiet world. We live in a loud world. We live in a world in which it is possible to have constant input from the sun up to sundown. First thing you look at, first thing, last thing you, you do before you go to bed. You and I have the potential to have input and not only just input, loud input, causes that demand your attention, emails that demand your response. We live in a loud world. Because our world is a noisy place, and because Jesus speaks to us quietly, you and I must create and guard times of silence if we are to hear from him. The biblical word for creating silence and guarding silence is the word meditation. And yes, meditation is a very biblical word. Psalm 77, verse six. In the night, I commune with my heart. I meditate, says the psalmist. I search my spirit. I will remember the works of the Lord. I will call to mind your wonders of old. That is the action of meditation. To meditate is to do what we describe in the Great Collect, one of the Great Collects from the Anglican Church. To read, mark, and inwardly digest God's holy word. That is to meditate. Can you hear the quiet call of Jesus Christ through TVs, cell phones, and text messages? Maybe but I think we are more likely to hear the quiet voice of Jesus if we do what the psalmist did in Psalm 70. So to summarize this first point, because Jesus calls us quietly, we must create the silence into which he can speak. Second, The second characteristics of Jesus' call to these first disciples, and therefore the second characteristics of how Jesus may call you and me, he calls with phenomenal authority. He is the perfect example of someone who speaks softly yet carries a big stick. Just because he speaks quietly does not diminish his authority. When we first encounter Jesus, he confronts a, a fisherman. Again, no small talk. And the first thing he says to this fisherman is, You're called Simon, but I'll give you a new name. Absolute sovereign authority. He takes his name and changes it completely. And with his name, his identity. Same thing again in this passage. Jesus says, follow me. Philip, without question, without pause, gets up and follows him. He has a phenomenal authority. And because Jesus calls his disciples with authority, the character trait that's necessary for you and me is teachability. The fancy word for this, the church word for this, is docility. To be docile, to be teachable, is to be responsive. The opposite of docility or teachability is uh, described in Psalm 32, verse 9, in which the author says, Do not be like the horse or the mule, which do not obey without a bit or a bridle. The implication being a stubborn horse, a stubborn mule, whose head has to be yanked or torqued one way or the other in order to get the animal to obey. Don't be like that animal. Be docile. Be teachable. Be like the disciple nathaniel let's take a look at his story he is a second actor in our passage this morning nathaniel begins at a very bad spot he's told by philip we've met the christ and nathaniel's response is really can anything good come out of nazareth now the enemies of jesus christ who would eventually condemn him to the cross had the same exact response to Jesus as Nathanael. They had the same impression. Who is this who claims to be the Son of God? Who is this that claims to forgive sins? This is no one else, no one but the carpenter of Nazareth. They had the exact same impression. They began at the same spot. The only difference is they didn't end at the same spot. Why? Because Nathanael was a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit. What does it mean to be a true Israelite? Obviously it does not mean to get everything right because Nathaniel got it wrong. (laughs) What it means to be a true Israelite is to have some sincerity, docility, teachability, to know, oops, I was wrong. Nathaniel was docile, docile, they were not. Nathaniel was willing to be corrected, they were not. The quality of Nathaniel that made him a model disciple was not that they were right, not that they did right or knew right, it's that they were teachable. Implication for you and me? The quality that Jesus is looking for in his followers is not that you get everything right, you do everything right, because you do not have it all figured out and we do not have all the, we do not do it right. The quality that Jesus is looking for is his teach, our teachability. Are we willing to respond to Him? Are we willing to be corrected and guided? Does this sound sort of super spiritual, impractical to meditate and then to respond? It is not. Let me just illustrate how these two points work in my life. That Jesus speaks quietly, so I listen attentively. That Jesus speaks authority, therefore I remain teachable. Here is how these principles work in my life. Every morning, I try to be the first one up. Usually, I'm batting about 75%. First one up, cup of coffee, and I try to sit before God's Word. My practice, and there are many practices, my practice is to read a handful of Psalms, a chapter from the book of Proverbs, and a little reading from the Gospels. And as I read, I try to meditate. I wouldn't call it meditation. This doesn't sound that sophisticated, but I do try to ponder and to think, how does God's word apply to me? Is there anything in God's word for, that applies to my situation? And every once in a while, there come a moment of conviction when I think, you know, I am just not doing, being, or saying what I should do, be, or say. And there's a moment of conviction, the voice of authority, and there are two choices that you have and that I have in that moment. And the first choice is to be like that stubborn donkey or stubborn mule that says, nope, don't care, gonna do it my way. The second choice is to be the, follow the example of the, prof, or the, the disciple, Nathaniel. A docile, teachable, under the authoritative voice of Jesus calling. And what I'm describing, this practice of Meditating in silence and responding with teachability, this is not a practice for the super spiritual, for the cloistered monks on a hill. This is the practice that Jesus establishes for all true disciples, for you and me. Third and final. The third and final characteristic of Jesus' call. He calls in silence, he calls with authority. Third and final, he calls to himself. He calls people to himself. And here's what I mean. Let's look at this ongoing conversation with Nathanael. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered before Philip called you, I saw you. Nathanael answered, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. He repents. He changes. Jesus answered him, Because I saw you, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? Well, you've not seen Anything yet, Nathaniel? Verse 51 Truly, truly, I will say to you that you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Though the exact event that Jesus is referring to, no one quite knows, but what is clear that Jesus is referring to himself. The reward for following Jesus is what? Jesus. Following Jesus and Nathaniel will know more about Jesus, and knowing more about Jesus will learn to trust Jesus more and more, and love Jesus more and more. Jesus said, follow me, I am the way. He did not say, follow me, I'll show you to the way. I am the way. Jesus did not say, follow me, I'll I'll lead you to the truth. He said, I am the truth. He did not say, follow me, I'll show you life. He said, I am the life. The reward for following Jesus is Jesus. There's a story of a young monk. He worked with the sick and the poor, the fraternal fraternal order in partnership with Mother Teresa's order. And this young monk worked very hard. His progress was very slow. He became frustrated tired. And about to give up on his calling, he went to see Mother Teresa. And uh, the young monk said, mother, my life is a mess. I don't, get what I, want, well, I, I don't get to do what I want to do. I spend all my day filling out these government forms. My superior is giving me a hard time. I'm not able to fulfill my calling. Mother Teresa said, brother, what is your calling? He responded, my calling is like your calling. My calling is to serve the poor. Which Mother Teresa responded, oh no, brother. That is not your calling. That is not my calling. Your calling is to know how much Jesus loves you and to love other people with the overflow of that love. For all the disciples' faults, They had many for all their lack of maturity, and they were immature. They did have this crucial issue. The crucial issue of their their discipleship is whether we desire to come and see and then abide in the presence of Jesus. And that is what they illustrate in this passage. Let me summarize. Jesus called men and women to follow him. And he still calls men and women to follow him. Jesus called people quietly. Because Jesus calls people quietly, we must create and guard moments of silence if we are to hear from him. Jesus calls people with authority. We must respond with docility if his calling is to have any impact on our lives. Third and final, and maybe the most important, is Jesus does not call you to a cause. He does not call you to a character trait. He does not call you to a a discipline, a job, a spouse, a place. He doesn't call you to anything before first calling you to himself. The Apostle Paul captures the goal of Christian discipleship when he writes in the third chapter of Philippians, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to share in his resurrection, share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, to become like him in his resurrection, to know Christ, to know him, trust him, to trust him, love him, to love him, obey him, to obey him, to be like him. Jesus is calling you. He is calling you with a quiet voice, so listen attentively. He is calling you with an authoritative voice. Respond to him. Third and final, he is calling you to himself. So go to him.